Hello, and welcome to the Full Spectrum Holistic Health Podcast. Now, this podcast is all about holistic health, what it is, various holistic and alternative health therapies, and how those may help you to be a healthier person. Thanks for choosing to listen today, because I know that there are many podcasts out there for you to choose from, but I'm glad you're here. I'm the host for the podcast, Dr. Anthony Burton. I'm a Reiki master, EFT therapist, meditation teacher, and shamanic practitioner, and sound therapist. My goal is to help people be healthier in mind, body, and spirit. And that's why I'm here. A large part of what I do is really educational in nature, because so many people are unaware of the power and efficacy of various holistic and alternative therapies. In these podcasts, you'll hear stuff that I hope will inform you, enlighten you, and energize and balance you. And, of course, it's not only going to be my opinions and ideas, because occasionally I will be interviewing knowledgeable and interesting guests from a variety of areas of holistic, complementary, and even allopathic medical practice. So kick back and relax, open your mind, and listen. Spectrum Holistic is a complementary health and wellness business located in Northwest Georgia, USA. Check out the website at www.spectrum-holistic.com. Gordon County, Georgia, which is where I live, is right in a belt of the United States. It runs right across Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, up in North Carolina, where conditions are almost perfect for chicken farming. And chicken is a big, big thing, not only in Georgia, but, I mean, throughout the rest of the nation. I mean, think about how many Oh, Chick-fil-A's and uh, Kentucky Fried Chickens and Zaxby's and hundreds of other places that focus on chicken. Bojangles and Popeye's Fried Chicken. Chicken is tremendous in the United States. But the problem is these industrial-sized chicken farms where they raise all these chickens to go to these restaurants and go into grocery stores and everything. Well... They are not all they're cracked up to be. Now, recently, here in Gordon County, the Board of Commissioners voted on the approval of a uh, rezoning of some property to build what's called a CAFO, C-A-F-O, or a Confined Animal Feeding Operation. Now, this is things like uh, cattle feedlots and poultry farms like this, where they have huge quantities chickens. Now, this particular application, the uh, the applicant said that he was uh, wanting to build eight chicken houses that are 60 feet wide by 550 feet long, and over the course of a year, he would have about 1.4 million chickens going through those chicken houses. Now, problematically, Chicken houses are not good for the environment. They are not good for the people who live around them. They are not good for water, soil, and all kinds of things like that. They're not even economically good. Now, at the first meeting of the Board of Commissioners, I was there, and I didn't get to speak, but I was there, 
And there were a lot of people who live in the area surrounding that chicken farm who objected strenuously to its building. Uh, they didn't like the fact that it would reduce property values. They didn't like the fact that it would uh, create a stench and so that people couldn't even, you know, get outside in their yard and barbecue or have their kids play in the yard without smelling this horrible smell. And believe me, a chicken house is a really nasty stench, especially when you have that big of a chicken house and that many in one place. Uh, so they tabled the issue at that board convention, and then they recently, on, that was on May 16th, and then on June 6th, they had another board commission meeting, and they brought it back to the floor. Well, last time they weren't able to get any motions to be for or against the chicken farm, or the actual not the chicken farm, but the zoning of the property for the chicken farm. Uh, this time, it was the motion was made and seconded, and there was one missing commissioner, so there were four out of five that were there. And of those four, three voted for it. Uh, I applaud the one who voted against it. He was the head of the board of commissioners. The other three voted for it. He, and he voted against it. I'm sorry, the head of the board of commissioners voted against it. Um, I presented a big chunk of material to both the county administrator and to the members of the board of commissioners who were there. And it's amazing to me that given the factual information, what I gave them, and given that this chicken farm was going to be a benefit to one person who was going to run it. He was going to make a lot of money from it, but to no one else and all the other people who lived around it were going to suffer from it, they still voted to approve the rezoning. Now, just a couple things. One is this chicken farm, the 109 acres, is it sits on a floodplain. That's not a good thing. It also has, there's a, a state waterway that runs through that property. Okay. So keep those things in mind. I'm going to probably do a lot of reading uh, to you instead of just saying it off the top of my head because I want to present you with the information that I gave to the Gordon County Board of Commissioners on this application. And I want to be accurate about it. So I'm going to be reading a lot of this material. So please bear in mind that, and, and the reason, uh, let me back up a moment. The reason I'm presenting this material to you at all is because you may or may not live in an area where there's a chicken farm, capo. Uh, you may live in an area where there are beef cattle being raised in confined animal feeding operations or hogs or turkeys or a number of other things none none of these not one single CAFO is good for the people around it or for the environment all right this this is the material that i presented to the gordon county board of commissioners um and as i say they this is not good for people and that's why as a holistic health practitioner and my wife's an RN 
we were both very much opposed to this and so were all the other people who lived around there the only person who stood up in uh, support of this application was the applicant's I think brother they both had the same way I say here it is industrial sized chicken farms and other CAFOs cost everyone money in 2019 the American Public Health Association recommended the banning of all CAFOs saying that the current system has quote externalized the cost of environmental degradation and adverse health impacts keeping retail meat prices artificially low while shifting health and environmental costs onto communities and individual Americans." Unquote. Now, these externalized costs, obscured by the low retail prices of K-Food source products, chicken, pork, pork chops, uh, beef roast, whatever, actually cost U.S. taxpayers billions of dollars annually. And we'll get to the whys and wherefores. The arrival of a CAFO in a rural neighborhood negatively impacts the animals because they are inherently cruel to animals. And if you don't care about cruelty to animals, that's your choice, you know, uh, and uh, I understand. But, you know, you should be at least concerned about the impact on your own health and your own local economy. The arrival of a CAFO in a rural neighborhood negatively impacts animals, the environment, local economies, farmers, and workers and hundreds or thousands of nearby residents. Now, the APHA, the American Public Health Association, are not the only ones who recognize this. The Union of Concerned Scientists, another organization, estimates that CAFOs leave massive bills behind for taxpayers. Now, these, listen to these numbers. $26 billion in reduced property values from odor and water contamination between one and a half billion and three billion annually in drug-resistant illnesses attributed to the overuse of bio antibiotics in livestock production. I'm gonna talk more about that later, but that's a, remember that. $4.1 billion in soil and groundwater contamination from animal manure leakage. Now, I know that there are people who own chicken farms and I, and, and I say, oh gosh, that stinks, they, they go, Smells like money to me because that's how they make their living. They have decided, they have made the decision to grow chicken. Okay. And so I've had some people saying, well, don't you eat chicken? Well, be honest, we, uh, my wife and I, we, we seldom eat chicken unless it's organically raised because, well, we don't, we worry about the inherent dangers of stress hormones in CAFO animals, which are a big, big problem. Uh, and also the preventive antibiotics used in factory farm chicken. So not everyone eats chicken. Here's the point though. Everyone, everyone has to breathe air and drink water. Now antibiotics are great. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a holistic health professional and I know that I don't work in the, you know, the hospitals and that kind of thing, but I believe that sometimes antibiotics are a good thing if the animal or person is sick. The problem is they use preventative antibiotics when there is no illness already present and that creates all sorts of problems. You've probably heard of MRSA. Uh, it's a drug resistant, antibiotic resistant bacteria that is just unbelievably 
bad, okay? It developed from the overuse of unnecessary antibiotics, such as those used in preventive uh, measures in chicken houses and, and cows and you know dairy and all kinds of things like that. And because what it does is it kills off the weak strains of the bacteria, okay? It slaughters them, but the stronger strains of the bacteria, they survive and they thrive. Now, when you give preventive antibiotics to animals or people who actually are not sick, well, this antibiotic kills off the weak bacteria. So the strong ones do survive, just like I said. Problem is, it doesn't just affect the chickens and their meat. Well, chickens, they pee and they poop. So their urine and their fecal matter, uh, the what's called dander from the chicken, you know, dust that goes under the feathers. If you've been around birds at all, if you've had maybe pet birds, you know that birds produce a lot of dust, dander on their on their feathers. So all this other detritus from the chickens will carry the antibiotics because it gets into their system, it gets into their skin and their feathers and everything else, and. They'll, it'll, it'll be in that uh, material. And also, if they're given growth hormones, you know, chickens are given growth hormones nowadays to make them beef up faster, or maybe I should say chicken up faster. Um, and it carries these hormones and antibiotics into any runoff water. And this, in turn, will seep into the groundwater. And I got news for you people. These things do not simply disappear. They don't just disappear, they don't go away. Oh, we poured it out on the ground, so it's gone. No, we poured it out on the ground and it seeped through the ground and it goes into runoff water and then it goes into the groundwater. So any groundwater like that or uh, any surface water is going to have that antibiotic and those hormones in it. Now, many people in the area around this proposed operation have wells. We have a well. Unfortunately, this week the well pump has died. I'm going to replace it. But luckily, I have uh, a backup uh, from uh, the city water or the municipal water. So these antibiotics get into the wells and they don't just disappear. They get in the water table and they're consumed by people and animals. And they're also used to water crops. So it goes into the crops. And that means you, if you, if you're eating the carrots or whatever that are watered by this water that has, uh, you know, the bacteria and the antibiotics and all the stuff in it, well, guess what? You're eating the antibiotics and you're eating the hormones. In Gordon County, Georgia, where I have, we have karst topography. And so we have aquifers that are highly productive. Maybe they produce a lot of water but they are extremely vulnerable to co contamination because the water seeps through the shale and what's called the, uh, what is it, uh, silastone, I think it's, I forget what it's called. Yeah, it seeps through these stone layers and it gets into the the, uh, the aquifer. And so people with wells, guess what? They're drinking that water and they are getting the same hormones and the same uh, preventive um, antibiotics that they don't need. Now, I mentioned earlier that there is a creek, a waterway that passes through there. It's called Lick Creek. Passes all the way across this proposed location of the chicken houses. Chicken houses. 
And in fact, the floodplain nearly surrounds the property. Now, given the massive amount of waste affluent from approximately 1.4 million birds that are going to be raised on chicken houses in a year's time, that is a lot of waste material. They call it dry litter. But friend, when you've got 1.4 million chickens squatting, pooping, and peeing in the litter, it is not dry. Let me tell you. I would like to know how the owner is going to guarantee that that waste matter is going to be kept out of Lick Creek and the uh, surrounding floodplain and the groundwater. Now, Lick Creek, let me tell you something, Lick Creek feeds into another waterway called Kusawati, Kusawati River, and the Kusawati River feeds into another river, and guess what? That river is where both the city and the county get their municipal water supply. Yeah. So it's not just the people who live around it, the, the rural folks who are going to be affected by this stuff. If that water seeps out into the groundwater or washes out in a heavy rainstorm, believe me, the flooding happens, especially in a floodplain, that's why they call it that. It's going to be gotten, and it's going to get into the creek, and then it's going to get to the river, and that then it's going to get into our city and county municipal water system. Okay, so here's some more health facts. Air pollution from CAFOs, you know the term now, is now linked to more deaths than pollution from coal-fired power plants. You, I mean, let me say that again. There are more deaths that are linked to pollution from CAFOs, air pollution from confined animal feeding operations, than the pollution from coal-fired power plants. Now, what are we doing about coal-fired power plants? The government is saying, hey, you're going to shut those things down because they're not helping. Why are they allowing the CAFOs to continue? A landmark 2020 study found that the U.S. has had 15,900, nearly 16,000, air quality related deaths annually just due to agricultural production, and that 80% of those, 12,700, are attributable to animal-based stuff, uh, animal production and from growing the animal feed, okay? And you have to have someone growing the animal feed in massive quantities to feed oh, 1.4 million chickens. Okay, that's air pollution. Now, water pollution is equally serious. CAFO-generated manure that seeps into the groundwater may contain antibiotics, may contain pathogens, bacteria, growth hormones, nitrogen, and phosphorus. Now, nitrogen and phosphorus add to the pollution and they cause algae blooms and stuff. Let me talk about the uh, hormones for just a moment. Quick, quick mention of the hormones. You know, there has been uh, a rise in the last few years in young girls hitting puberty early. I mean, kids, you know, 50 years ago, girls hit menstruation maybe at 15 16. now girls are menstruating sometimes at 10 or 11 years old why does this happen because of these hormones that are getting into the water that are the same hormones that are, that are being used to make the chicken and pork and the beef grow faster and stronger and be you know have more meat on it that causes these girls to 
menstruate early. And that's a bad, bad thing because their bodies and their minds are not ready for that yet. Ultimately, CAFOs could put water supplies at risk for about 11% of U.S. residents. Now that's 34 million people in 2020 who rely on private wells that can be put in risk from the runoff and stuff and all that, the seepage from the capos. As I said earlier, my wife and I, we rely on a well for our household water supply, for our orchard and our garden. I know we're not the only residents in the area who have wells. So, you know, it's more people. And there were a lot of people who came to the meeting and protested because they have wells and they do not want to be exposed to this stuff. Now, the air pollution from it is largely composed of stuff like toxic fumes. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around a chicken house, maybe inside one or close to one. They generate ammonia, hydrogen sulfate, uh, the particulate matter, you know, like the dust from the feathers and all that stuff. It can cause headaches, lung impairment, cardiovascular illnesses, high blood pressure, and premature death. My wife is an RN, and maybe eight years ago, she uh, was working at, uh, as a uh, hospital administrator, not a hospital administrator, but a, uh, a lead nurse, lead RN, in an emergency room, and they had someone to come in there. And then the emergency room transferred, well, actually, she was working at ICU. They had emergency room transferred this girl in. And this girl was a young girl. She was young, otherwise healthy, you know, good, you know, strong person. But she had worked, helped in her family in a chicken house over the weekend. And because she had breathed in the dust from the chicken house, she had contracted a terrible um, infection in her lungs. And she lived about eight weeks, and then she died. And she was just a kid. Wasn't out of high school yet. Because of what she contracted from working in the chicken house. So these toxic fumes can cause all these problems. They've also linked these odors from capos to stress and depression and just general feelings of fatigue. Now, the agricultural industry, I said they use preventative or, uh, preventative antibiotics, right? Now, I, I understand the use of antibiotics when there is a real infection, a bacterial infection. But the idea of just saying, well, we're going to give all the chickens antibiotics or all the cows or all the pigs, whatever, antibiotics to keep them from getting sick, that's stupid, stupid, stupid. And the agricultural industry uses approximately 71% of all the antibiotics produced in the United States. 71% just in the agricultural industry. That doesn't include veterinary for your dog and cat you know, when they get sick or for yourself or your child or whatever. There is a strong link between antibiotics used in agriculture and antibiotic resistant bacteria. According to the CDC, about 95,000 cases of MRSA occur each year, with about 19,000 of those being fatal. That's over 20% of those cases 
being fatal. MRSA is caused by pathogens becoming resistant to antibiotics, specifically because of the overuse of antibiotics and the consumption of preventive antibiotics. And if you drink the water that contains the runoff from one of these chicken houses where they're giving preventive antibiotics, guess what? You are consuming preventive antibiotics. There was a report from 2000 that looked at an antibiotic-resistant salmonella outbreak that occurred in the United Kingdom. And they traced this outbreak back. They traced, bing, 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 back to a dairy farm where a particular antibiotic was used in the month before the outbreak. The use of the antibiotic in the dairy resulted in resistant infections in humans. I was really, really unhappy about this. My wife and I were there. There were people at the, the second meeting where they approved this uh, rezoning that were really upset. I mean, they got up and yelled about it. They just yelled and were out of order. And I understand that. I didn't get up and yell, but I was not happy. The approval of these chicken houses like this, especially one this size and located in a floodplain and on a natural waterway, was a gross dereliction of the duties of the commissioners. The commissioners are all responsible to all the citizens of the county, not simply to one person who wishes to make more money, all the while endangering the health and well-being of thousands of Gordon County citizens. Now I have some URLs, some links to some of this stuff, uh, one about uh, factory farm air pollution lethality. I've got another one for the, end, uh, the APHA policy, the end of factory farms. And I've got another one on air pollution from forced air cooling in chicken houses. I'm going to put those links in the description. So if you want to click on those, get yourself more informed. If it's important to be involved in local government when things like this are impacting or could possibly have an impact on your health and your children's health and the health of those around you. I'm not saying that you should storm the Bastille, you know, or have a riot or anything, but you need to get involved. You need to get involved. You need to vote for people who have your own health and well-being in mind, not for people who have uh, the health, the financial well-being of one or two people within your county in mind instead of the whole county that they are supposed to be serving and working for. Very upset with the whole thing. Not happy at all. And I hope that you inform yourself and that you learn more about this whole issue so that in the future, if something like this comes up for you, you can look at it and say, dang, I have got to speak out. I have got to make sure that they don't build one of these things where it's gonna affect my health, the health of my family, the health of my children, the health of my friends and neighbors. And I wanna thank you for listening to me rant a little bit and forgive me for doing so much reading, but I wanted to make sure I got the facts straight. I wanted to make sure I looked at things as I had them written down, and not just 
try to call them off the top of my head because there's a lot of a lot of factual stuff in there, a lot of facts and figures. So I hope you didn't mind that, and I hope that you pass this on to as many other people as you possibly can. Appreciate your time, and oh, I want to tell you something else too. Soon I'm going to be having a uh, I interviewed a acupuncturist just this past Sunday at the church, and she's been in the acupuncture business for a long time, about thirty years, and she even taught acupuncture. And if you have any interest at all in acupuncture and wondering what it is, how it might work, what it could be used for, that kind of thing, I urge you to、uh, come back and check in, listen to that particular interview because it's、uh, it's a good one. Now, there's a little back, bit of background noise in that one because、um, we were recording、uh, after church, and there were still people in the building and there was some talking and laughing going on. And you might notice here even we've got some background noise because I decided to record this down in our、uh, summer shelter, and there's some breeze and some birds, and I heard some frogs a few moments ago. So hope you don't mind the nature noises. I want to thank you for being here and listening to the podcast today. I hope it's been interesting, informative, and thought-provoking. If you did find it interesting, please be sure to return for another episode and tell your friends about it too. I appreciate if you do that. You can share directly from most podcast platforms, and subscribing to the podcast would be great. If you want to tell me you like the show or that you hated it. That you agree or disagree with me, or anything else, really, go for it. Just leave a message for me on your podcast platform. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep an open mind. Namaste.